I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Rebel Wellness. I am your host, Kaylee. If you don't know me already, longtime fitness professional, wellness coach, and multi-certified nutritionist out here on the beautiful West Coast in California. (laughs) Uh, Rebel Wellness is a space for women around the world who desire a well-rounded understanding over their personal health and who want to fight the noise of today's diet culture. And maybe just simply want to access your best health, strength, and life altogether. So if that resonates with you, welcome to this podcast. This is who I am speaking to and who I am in general. I've always been somebody who kind of is a rebel around the wellness scene. I like to hear both sides. I like to present both sides. I like to kind of develop the opinion that resonates with me and what I've seen not only with evidence-based science, but also in the field work because I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of women over the last nearly decade I have been a coach. So if you are new here, welcome to the podcast. If you aren't new here, hello again, and I am so glad you are returning and here to listen a really badass episode. So this is a really interesting month of topics. I am talking about growth, if this is your first time tuning in. What I am kind of covering is different areas of growth that are really important topics that I think will help you level up in your mindset game, in your life. And also, if you listen to the first episode of this series for April, I shared a lot about my story. So I highly recommend if you missed that one, go back to episode 13. You'll learn a little bit about what makes me Coach Kales and how I got here. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into what we're talking about today. And that is how your body is changing with every season of your life. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's an extremely natural thing. And what I mean is our shape our weight, whatever is kind of going on in our life directly influences our physique. And you might have heard kind of the terminology of body neutrality. I like it a lot more than body positivity because unfortunately, body positivity has kind of gotten uh, into the buzz word zone where people have kind of taken it and skewed it from what it initially really wanted to exude as a concept. And so we've kind of gotten this new term, body neutrality, and that is a philosophy that you should just focus on what your body can do for you and what it is doing for you rather than what it physically looks like. And this doesn't mean that you completely drop all care for your health and taking care of it. It just means that you are reducing how much you are critical of its appearance. And that really brings us around to the growth mindset that loving your body and accepting where you're at right now and continuing to work towards maybe a goal, or maybe you might actually just realize that you are healthy where you are right now, or you might be healthier gaining some more weight. Those are all concepts that we don't really talk about. We are always talking about constantly losing fat, losing fat, losing fat. And it's sometimes not necessary And that might really confuse a lot of you because we have been so hyper-focused on constantly watching the scale, constantly checking where our body fat is. And it's so important to understand the body composition of your own individual physique, but it doesn't always mean that you are unhealthy or you are not good enough. 
because oftentimes, especially what I deal with, with my coaching business, with my clients is a lot of females, especially associate their worth and their value with their weight on the scale. And it's an arbitrary number that's literally just your gravity as a piece of mass in a skin suit. Like that's all it really means. But there's a lot of other feedback it can give us, but it's not everything to, especially like I just said, your value and your worth. So today's episode is diving into the mindset side of growth for you as an individual. And I really hope that some of this resonates with you. And if it does, I just really would love you to share it with somebody who might need to hear some of these truths that I speak about today in this conversation. And I really hope that you can kind of come at this with a really open mind and think about areas in your own life where you might be just kind of marching alongside the status quo of what has been taught to us as females and step outside of it and observe, especially the main thing that you could do to really excel in this area (laughs) and gain freedom, I would say, around your body, around food, etc., is stepping outside and observing every single instance that you kind of come across where you start to judge yourself for how you look or you're, you weigh yourself and you get really sad because it's not a number you want to see. You know, all these kind of things are what I really encourage you to think about because releasing all of those expectations and assumptions and misunderstandings, honestly, are really going to free you into living your best life. And that's such another kitschy kind of buzzword. But it's really important because I think that a lot of the time we hyper-focus on all these things and we're missing life. We live our lives constantly worried about how we look, what pant size we are, did we gain some weight? Did I have a little too much dessert? You know, all these things that ultimately in the grand scheme of life is so petty, like it's so small, but we're made to believe that it's so important, especially as females. Like I know a lot of males deal with this as well, but dominantly, this is a huge female issue that is a problem, which is why body positivity became a thing, which is why body neutrality is a thing. And so I really encourage you throughout this episode to question your own kind of set in stone narratives and change them because there is nothing more freeing than loving yourself in actuality, taking care of your body as it is now and continuing to shape it and nourish it as time goes on. Okay, so kind of jumping into one of the first concepts for kind of a growth mindset around this body neutrality philosophy is you might not physically look the way your mind might want you to look for a multitude of reasons, But most of the time, you might actually be perfectly healthy and be in the right weight zone for longevity and ultimately long-term happiness and flexibility in life without having this constant urge to lose 10 pounds. I can't tell you how many clients are like, I I just need to lose 10 pounds. I just need to lose 5 pounds. I just need to lose 20 pounds. It's always all these round numbers. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've even done it for myself. So I'm not like just just saying all these people do it. I do it too. And it's like, where did this number come from? Why do I feel that way? And how do I feel like I know exactly where, especially as an adult female, 
my body should be weighing. Like a lot of these, I guess I would say narratives that we are taught say you need to be 120 pounds or else you are fat. You know, things like that is so arbitrary because we have so many different heritages. We have so many different ethnicities. We have so many different cultures. You know, there's so much that goes into what every individual body looks like and lifestyles. I mean, we can't like forget that concept. Those, all those different factors determine how you look, where you carry fat, if you have more muscle, you know, all those things are influenced by that. And we decide okay, well, my body cannot be over 130 pounds. I just cannot be over 170 pounds. Once I broke the seal for 200 pounds, I'm absolutely a lard. You know, there's all these weird things that we've said to ourselves and we picked a random ass number. And for what? You know, we don't know if that's like actually where we're supposed to be. It's just what something has taught us is like an ideal body weight or something or an ideal pant size. A lot of the times I have so many females in the past that are like, I just want to be back to my high school weight. And the first thing I always tell them is, okay, so you want to look prepubescent. So you don't want boobs. You don't want hips or a butt. You want to look like a 12 year old again. So that's what I'm hearing is you want to be that weight again where you did not become a woman, you did not have children yet, you know, all these different things that make a woman's body beautiful, in my opinion, and womanly, so to speak, quote unquote, all of those things we don't want just to have the scale say 125, 135, you know, whatever you were before you even hit puberty, or you're in the midst of puberty, or maybe you were put immediately on birth control and it suppressed your ovulation. So you never got womanhood body fat patterning until you got off of it and are either starting to have kids, have kids, maybe you don't want kids, but you're off birth control, you know, various reasons. And then you're finally ovulating and now you're getting body fat patterning. That's an adult human female. <laughs> these are concepts that are important to understand because we're chasing these numbers that we just kind of picked for ourselves. And I remember reading this kind of Snapchat story um, that I kind of got sucked into because anything that's in the health and fitness world, I'm always like, ooh, I'm curious what they're going to say. Taylor Swift had a post where she talked about her progress um, or her process mentally of kind of shifting from always wanting to be a zero or a one or a two to her natural size, which is a six to an eight which is where she is now, even if she doesn't look like it, because she's kind of tall and lean, that's where she is now. And it was interesting for her to experience letting her body actually be well fed and heal and actually kind of get to a zone of homeostasis where like her metabolism was really happy, not starving herself, basically. And she landed at a six to eight. And she's like, who am I to choose what my body is supposed to be? I'm trying to shoot for a body size that my body is never meant to be. My body was never happy there. I was anxious. I was starving. I had really weak nails and my hair was falling out. Why was I shooting for that? Because I was told that that was a size where I was worthy to be a celebrity. But now that I'm at a size six or so, I feel sexier than ever, ever, and I'm healthier than ever. And so that's just a kind of story that I want to share is the concept that you might be picking a weight or a size that you want, but that might not even be where your body truly wants to be. 
And you have to kind of come to terms with finding the middle ground there because genetics play a huge role in your body fat patterning, how you manage stressors, what you do with getting pregnant and then post-pregnancy. You know, all these different factors are going to be influenced by your genetics and you don't get a say in that. And I will never forget this time where one of my high school long-term best friends was like, that's the body I want. And she's 5'4", and shorter legs, longer torso. And this chick on the cover of this book was like 5'9", with a long torso, long legs. And I was like, it dawned on me in that moment. I was like, but you could never look like that. That's just not your, that's just not your structure, like, or your genetics. Like, you're Italian. She's clearly like German or something. Like, there's just no way that you can look like that. So it's really like a huge bummer to see you constantly kind of measure yourself against something that you could never attain. And so I really encourage you to think about this for yourself. Do you find yourself measuring yourself against something that is not natural for you? Like you can look at all the females in your uh, genetic pool. So all your aunts, all your grandmas, your mom, your siblings, you can look at all of them and kind of gauge like what is the average body type? Is this totally different than what I'm striving for? You know, so all of these things kind of bring me back to this concept that we can't simply just choose what weight and what body type we want to have and think that we must be able to achieve it. We just have to try harder. We just have to eat less. We just have to do more cardio. We just have to be more disciplined. Whatever your just is, is probably not possible. And I say that with a lot of confidence because there's so much that we just think we can do that really truly will most likely never achieve what you are going for, especially if you haven't achieved it already with all the effort you've been putting in. So that is one of the first growth mindset topics that I'd like you to explore for yourself. And it would be a good time to kind of like make some notes in your phone or grab a paper or whatever and write down some of these concepts so you can kind of simmer in them later because it matters. Like a lot of this stuff matters. If you really think about how many hours of your life you've spent deducing if you ate too much, deducing if you did enough exercise, deducing if your weight on the scale was appropriate or whatever, you truly will feel some weight off your shoulders when you start to release this sense of control that you probably really don't have. And I say that with the most love and affection as possible because it's just insane how much we hyper-focus on some arbitrary number that we've chosen for ourselves, or some period in our life that we just want to get back to. And I'm going to tell you, babe, like you are never going to go backwards. You are constantly moving forward, especially if you have different chapters and seasons of your life, especially because we're just getting older constantly. And it's not something to run away from or try to like lessen the blow. It's more of leaning into it and accepting it and kind of loving it. Like you get more wrinkles, the more times you've smiled in your life. That's not a bad thing. You should be enjoying the fact that you smiled so much you have wrinkles now. And the same goes for your body weight. You carried babies, you created freaking lives, you know, like those things matter way more than the fact that you might have more abdomen fat now because you had high cortisol and high estrogen because postpartum, your babies drove you crazy for four years, you know, 
All of these things are way more meaningful than the fact that you just don't look like you did in high school. And it might take a long time for you to be okay with that. And you might always just hyper-focus on the fact that, yeah, but Kales, I still want to look like that again. And that's okay. But I will just tell you right now, you're going to be beating your head against the wall because you can never go backwards in time with your physique. Your body is constantly moving forward. So it's better for you to accept where you're at right now in a way that is loving and understand that you can continue to move forward and find new ways to challenge your body, to shape your body, etc. But it's never going to look like it used to. It's never going to. Let's kind of segue into the second part of this growth mindset around body neutrality, and it will be kind of understanding the scale and also what does it mean? And this is really important because I think a lot of us just assume any number on the scale is like fat. Like Even though we might know that it's not just our fat, we see like 186 and we're like oh my gosh I have 186 pounds of fat and then it's like no there's actually a lot of bones there's water there's organs there's skin you know there's a ton of things that go into that number so using the scale as a measure of kind of your worth again and even though a lot of people be like, I don't think my scale means I'm, I'm not as worthy. Well, if you get an emotional response every time you weigh yourself, that is something directly correlated to your worth. And looking at that, experiencing that is worth noting mentally, because I would recommend you really reduce your relationship with how frequently you weigh so that you can build a stronger understanding and relationship with your weight. One of the main things that is really challenging is for a lot of underweight people who look, who have always been skinny or who has always been leaner, you know, all those kind of things. The biggest hurdle is often gaining weight. I would honestly say out of all my clients I've ever worked with, the few, well, it's not really a few, it's actually quite a bit, that bundle of people who have had to gain weight because their goal was to gain muscle they either quit or they just have the hardest time wrapping their heads around gaining weight. No matter what, they were always tied to how low their number was on the scale, but they did not realize that muscle weighs something. If you're going to add it to your body, you're going to add weight to the scale. Mass is weight. Like I said, your weight on the scale is just gravity. gravity's pull on you on earth. So the more mass you have, the more weight is on the scale. Mass does not equate to being a big blubber. You're not just some seal just jumping onto a scale and wondering like why you weigh so much. You also have muscle mass that weighs weight, bone mass, weight, water, weight, body fat, weight, organs, weight, you know, you see where I'm going with this. So when you weigh yourself, all of those things combine together and they influence whatever number shows up on the scale. So when people are underweight and they want to add muscle, they have to be in a surplus of calories. And I've talked about this in several podcasts. So scroll around on the, the feed and see which ones talk about macros and things like that. Especially this last episode, episode 14, talks a lot about muscle growth and how people tend to undereat because they're too afraid to overeat, but you cannot 
gain muscle, you cannot gain mass without a surplus of calories to fuel the gaining of said mass. So you have to pay attention to that. But this is really uncomfortable for people who have always been smaller because this is a concept that they didn't understand. And oftentimes this is where social media is kind of negative for understanding what sacrifices or compromises you make when you make a decision to gain muscle. You usually will put on some body fat that just comes along on the ride with gaining muscle. If somebody is not gaining fat and only gaining muscle, woman to woman, they're using steroids. There is no way naturally that the body can gain muscle without gaining fat, especially for majority of people. And it's really under kind of spoken how many of these fitness influencers have access to steroids and use them. If you are watching some female year round have a big juicy booty and lean body everywhere, that is nearly impossible to sustain without the help of performance enhancing drugs. And that is not a lie or an excuse for I've been in this industry for a really long time. I've studied under people who were professional coaches for IFBB pros. Steroids are everywhere. You don't even have to compete to have access to them, especially if you're from Miami or any LA, any of these places, very easy to get your hands on steroids. I actually used to work at a training gym that used to sell steroids under the table to uh, competitors and stuff. So you'd be amazed at how accessible these substances are. They're not that hard to find just because you don't know where to find them. If you're in the industry, they're easy to find. So do not be fooled that most of these really lean chicks with very aggressive muscles, they worked hard to get them, but it was a lot easier and easier to maintain and stay lean because they are using these substances. And it's not just steroids. There's other supplements that they take as well. So I just also want to put that out on the table that a lot of that is really not realistic and not healthy. So be careful of where you get your fitspo from, especially if you're on fit talk or you follow a bunch of these really super inspirational, sexy lifters on Instagram, wherever you follow them, just know they don't tell you that they're using them because they're using illegal substances. So they're not going to put it out on blast. That's also a known fact. So I digress on that point, but it's really important to know because it is overwhelmingly proliferative on social media how many of these women show off these insane physiques, not to mention BBLs and other surgeries, that again, they will never tell people they did because that messes with their clout. So I'm going to just say it as it is because it's you should know. You should know that stuff. But for those of you who are underweight, who have chronically been quote unquote very lean, who are used to seeing a really flat tummy or used to seeing no or a thigh gap, seeing a thigh gap, um, any of those things, just know that didn't necessarily mean you were healthy. That just meant that you fit this physique that is pushed in our culture as ideal. Does that equate to your health? No. In my professional experience, the thinnest clients I've ever had have the worst blood work, usually have thyroid issues, and various things in that zone if they take the time to get checked by professionals that check the right things, they will report back, oh, I'm actually not that healthy. 
And this doesn't mean that they're not as worthy. It just means that thinness does not equate to health. And your health should be the forefront of your desires for your body. And that's not coming from a place of making excuses for a certain body fat percentages or whatever, or certain physique appearances. That's from a place of your health will equate to your energy every day, to your sleep quality, to your alertness, to everything that is necessary for you to truly enjoy your life and show up your best. And if you are sacrificing that to look a certain way, you're really missing out on a ton of stuff that could be bringing you more joy in this really short life we get to live. And so I'm saying that from a place of look at your health and your life a little differently than just fitting into the same pair of shorts that you wore seven years ago or fitting into this bra or shirt without some chub hanging out. You know, sometimes for a lot of us, adding some fat back is actually what's going to make your hormones happier, which is going to help you sleep better, which is going to help you actually stay happy and joyful and show up in your best health, not be sick all the time. You know, we really think that fat is just blubber, just hanging out on our body. But in reality, it's truly an organ. And you can kind of, I would recommend the book, The Secret Life of Fat. It's a great book for kind of exposing that we truly don't understand all the different mechanisms that fat influences and stimulates. And you have to know that our body fat percentage is always higher than a male's body fat percentage for health. This is why a healthy area for women for body fat percentage is 20% all the way up to nearly 40% depending on your um, ethnicity. That's huge. A male's healthy quote unquote body fat percentage is anywhere from 8% up to 20%. They usually start to say when a male kind of goes over 20% that they start to get into their like lesser healthy zone. But honestly, a lot of the body fat percentage and BMI in general is kind of arbitrary when you have more muscle. Because I've had clients in the past challenge their doctors when they've called them obese, when they have literally 17% body fat and tons of muscle and clearly are not obese and their blood work is healthy. But doctors, like they just kind of have to say what they see on paper. And because they're heavier, because BMI is just height divided by weight and or weight divided by height, sorry. And that can be so different when you have a ton of muscle because muscle is heavy and smaller and denser. So BMI is not my favorite way of gauging your health. And I really don't love that like doctors push it so much because they should know more often than not that it's not a smart way of gauging someone's health. Clearly, if you look at somebody and you can gauge what their body fat percentage is, body fat percentage is usually a higher gauge of somebody's health. But again, women need to be in that healthy body fat range, especially depending on your ethnicity. And you don't get to choose what body fat percentage your ethnicity influences on your physique. And that is another kind of mindset growth side to become accustomed to because especially as you age, your body is going to show those genetics and uh, life event influences so much more than any other time in your life. I saw this meme the other day that was like, when you're in your 20s, 
You can like fall asleep backwards on a coffee table, wake up and run a 5k. And then when you're in your thirties, you basically feel like you need to go see the chiropractor and you might need surgery because you slept with the wrong pillow. You know, that's for real. Like there's something that shifts in the body because humans weren't really meant to live past like 40 or 50. And we live double that now. So where our bodies go physically and the traumas we sustain and the way our body reacts to that will really influence your body composition in general. So this is another area of mindset growth around your body is understanding that your body does keep score. Your body knows what has happened to you and it also will show you that through physical changes. Let's say, for example, you're a new mom. Your body looks nothing like it's ever looked before. It won't because you just did an insane thing creating a human and your hormonal shifts and everything that happened throughout it, whether you got a C-section, whether you had organ prolapse and you're working on fixing your pelvic floor, or you had huge um, hormonal imbalances and you're dealing with postpartum depression and different things because your nutrient stores weren't where they were supposed to be for a good kind of bounce back post-pregnancy. There's all these different factors that influence how your pregnancy goes and how your postpartum goes. And um, this comes from my background of a pregnancy and postpartum kind of certification that was really um, intensive that I did several years ago, plus my experience with a whole bunch of different uh, pregnant clients that I've trained through their entire pregnancies and postpartum. So I've seen the gambit and the body changes. I would say hands down for any of the clients that strength trained with me before before, during, and after pregnancy had the most physical quote unquote bounce back. I kind of really hate that term because you shouldn't bounce backwards. You should be like bouncing forward into your new physique. But with that said, um, anybody who kind of just like never does any sort of muscle work throughout their pregnancy tends to kind of not have the easiest time either with postpartum depression or physical changes or body fat gain, etc. But that's just because muscle is really metabolically active and really hormone balancing because of it. So having more muscle is almost always going to be the priority if you can um, input that into your life and if your pregnancy isn't high risk, etc. But with all that said, you don't have a lot of say of how your body reacts during pregnancy other than do eating as best as you can. And as many of you pregnant women know or who have been pregnant know, you don't also really know what you're going to want to eat every day to day. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes you're craving really random things. And so those influence your metabolism, influence the body fat gain, And sometimes it doesn't go off right away. Majority of the time, I would say I see most of my clients gain around 30, 35 pounds. And that's most of the baby stuff, like the embryonic fluid and uh, water retention, the baby itself, et cetera. And then it kind of goes away after about like six to eight weeks. Um, The body fat that gains with it can be really influenced by just your genetics. Like some women gain a ton of body fat during pregnancy, and then it does just come off really fast. Some of them never lose the fat very fast after um, pregnancy. And that's just individual person to person. It also influences, is influenced not only by your ethnic background, but also by your lifestyle and, or the traumas you deal with thereafter. You know, those, all of these things play a huge role in how your body reacts 
and how it fat patterns. And fat patterning means where you put your fat. And there's a lot to be said about ethnicity and fat patterning, just like uh, there's this concept where more Nordic region, colder regions, um, Caucasian, which technically Caucasian isn't the actual real term for more white people. We just call them white people. Um, Caucasian is not actually all of those regions, but without geography being involved, um, white people, white women, especially like from Nordic regions tend to gain fat on their arms, on their backs, um, on their belly, on their thighs, on their calves, etc. Because the theory is that they were in a colder area where they needed more body fats to keep them warmer. So they put on body fat kind of evenly everywhere, including like backs of arms and such. Then for like African heritage, they put on more fat in their breasts for reproductive and in their glutes for reproductive, but they hardly put on much body fat in their arms, their legs, oftentimes also their bellies, etc., depending on which region. And that's because they were always hotter because it's a hotter climate and they just would need to protect the reproductive system and keep everything else cooler, which means less body fat in those areas. That is kind of one of those theories for body fat patterning for females. If you land anywhere, if you know where your ethnicity is from, you can kind of understand like what is probably my body fat patterning. If you're somebody like me, who's a hapa, who's half like two completely different things, it's kind of a shot in the dark. <laughs> we are not really sure where the fat is going to come on. Um, but do know that that does play a huge role in that. And so back to the concept of what happens to your body post-pregnancy, you don't know entirely what's going to happen. But what you can do is do your best to nourish yourself, take care of your body, keep your lean muscles strong, etc. And that's just going to be where you're going to be. It's a new chapter. It's a whole new part of your life. And we get shamed, especially as females, especially as women, etc., to look better than we did before pregnancy, as if it's some like ultimate talisman of like achievement. Like we're wearing a gold medal from the Olympics by looking sexier, fitter, and leaner post-pregnancy. And I hate that with a passion. <laughs> a lot of people who know me know that this like really like boils my blood because it's so unhealthy for literally one of the hardest, most complex systems that could ever happen in a person's lifetime. And we immediately start under eating, start working out in the wee hours of the morning and this or that, yada, yada. We're told by our husbands, like, you need to keep working on your health or you got a little more jiggle in your tummy, etc. You know, not always. And I really hope that your husbands don't. But this does happen a lot. And it really pushes women to kind of over emphasize getting skinnier and fitter or whatever at, right after having a baby. And your body is doing so many things to heal and recuperate and rebalance postpartum that that should not be even something you focus on until maybe month like eight or nine. And even at that, it shouldn't be so hardcore. So I encourage you, if you're a, a pregnant woman right now, possibly thinking of getting pregnant or postpartum, and you feel that pressure to bounce back or whatever, or look better than pre-pregnancy, you don't have to. I give you unsolicited permission to do whatever the heck you need that supports your mental health, because this is just a ridiculous thing 
that we really need to kind of grow in our mindset about. But kind of on top of that is just really understanding that each chapter in your life is a bit of your individual story and it's going to be shown on your body. So different traumas you experience, we do know now that it completely can affect our gut health and our gut health is directly correlated to our metabolism and therefore our hormones, which is therefore our body fat percentage. If you have kind of constantly neglected yourself, you've been too stressed in life, you didn't eat enough for a long period of time in your life, and your body has just been in this horribly stressed state, various things can go on, or you went through a horrible breakup and you didn't eat at all, and your gut bacteria was starved, etc. There's so many different things that can influence a change in your gut bacteria, and that will also change your physique. And sometimes we think like, That's where kind of unsolicited comments or praise for getting thinner is really dangerous. And I would encourage a lot of us to kind of lift each other up, especially as women, to stop saying, you look thinner, you look great, you look healthier because you're thinner. You know, all these different compliments or comments really are not helping all of us grow and love ourselves. It's teaching us that because you are smaller you are more worthy. And that is really not healthy. That is kind of, again, where this body neutrality thing is important. Stop making it about physique. Start saying you are really confident. You are really smart. I love how well you do when you are kind of doing anything that supports their occupation. You know, various things that like, I love how kind of a sister you are, or I love how uh, talented you are at this or that hobby. You know, all of those things are much better compliments than you look thinner. That's great. You know, cause I actually had a conversation, um, a few times. Well, I've had a lot of conversations on this, but there was a specific conversation. I remember on this topic where a girl was telling me about how she was at her lowest point and her family had always known her to be a bigger girl. And she dropped like 60 pounds and got really thin and all the positive feedback of how thin she looked or how small she was taught her that not feeding herself and being in this depression state was better because more people said she was more worthy and more valuable, etc. because of their compliments during this time. It's something that we've all probably done just passively because again, our society kind of teaches us that, but It's so sad to think that she was stuck in this eating disorder for years on end and afraid to gain weight again because of how much attention and praise she got for basically being depressed and not eating. This is something that isn't okay. And on the opposite end, a lot of the times we shame people for gaining weight and we shame people for going through like massive physique changes in the direction that we think isn't healthy, you know, AKA just gaining a ton of fat and we don't understand what they're going through. And I would say too, from my experience, a ton of my morbidly obese clients or who would be considered that zone um, from a scientific standpoint is that, and, and just a disclaimer, a lot of these terms like obese, morbidly obese, et cetera, they're not um, insults. They are just medical terms, but I know that we've kind of taking them in different directions, but I just want to be sensitive to the fact that when I use that term, it's simply scientific. But with that said, a lot of them have suffered 
um, extreme emotional trauma, whether it was molestation from family members or rape, etc. And it's not an uncommon response for especially for females to gain a lot of weight to kind of uh, cushion them from ever that ever happening to them again. So I really encourage you also to have a lot of compassion towards a lot of people who tend to go that route, which is a lot more than you'd think. Um, because it's it's a trauma response and various clients on all spectrums, whether they've put on 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 120 pounds, etc. There's always something that's going on and it's always going to be unique to that individual person. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they just suddenly gotten lazy. They stopped taking care of themselves. They let themselves go. Whatever phrase you've heard, maybe you've said, etc. You don't always know what's going on. And so I encourage you to kind of think of it differently and understand that just because somebody puts on weight doesn't mean that they've let themselves go or that they don't care about their health or whatever. Just know that maybe they're going through something intense and sometimes putting on weight is more of a sign that a shift is happening in their life, whether it's actually tangible or some sort of post-trauma reaction or different chapter in their life, whatever it is, there's a reason it's happening and it's feedback. So we always have to think that gaining weight isn't innately bad, especially if you've been a person who lands in that category I was talking about before, who's chronically underweight. You might not understand that you are underweight because you've always been praised for being so small or whatever, or so lean or an athlete, etc. And you putting on body fat later when you're no longer an athlete all the time or whatever does not mean that you're less healthy. It actually just means that your body is kind of shifting into this like happier homeostasis zone that is probably actually going to be better for you long term. But again, putting on fat doesn't always mean that you're getting less healthy. And it often means that you are shifting into a different kind of hormonal state. And this is something to be aware of. It's not something to judge or to freak out about because a lot of times, like I've said before, I've had so many clients desire more muscle gains or happier hormones and we have to put fat on. And it's so hard for them to understand it until they've lived in it for at least a year or two and realize like, oh yes, I actually did need more fat. So if you're somebody who's always seen the scale and married to a weight on the scale and it's shifting upward, it doesn't always mean that you're getting less healthy. So cast away all that old-fashioned thinking. (laughs) It's not always a bad thing, but it is also feedback. Maybe physically you can see suddenly you've got a lot of belly fat coming on. What does it mean? Evaluate your life. Are you super stressed? Do you have a lot of endocrine disruptors in your life, such as like a lot of plastics, a lot of fragrances, um, eating not very balanced, not enough protein, eating out a lot, drinking a lot of alcohol, things that influence too much estrogen in your body. Because like we've talked about in previous podcasts, um, too much estrogen plus too much cortisol is going to be body fat in your belly area. And that is going to be feedback to you that something is imbalanced and something isn't right. And so taking any type of fat gain or fat loss as feedback of what's going on with your body, especially if you aren't intentionally trying to, if you're not intentionally trying to gain or you're intentionally trying to lose weight or fat and the scale is shifting, then that is good feedback to you that perhaps something is off, but not always is it bad. We have to just stop assuming that one or the other is good or bad. And that is the main thing that I really hope that you can take from this conversation is that you have to understand that what 
is on the scale or what is physically happening to you may not be directly correlated or inversely proportionate to your worth, your value, your health, etc. And while I can clearly talk about this topic for days on end, and I'll probably come back around to it again, I'm going to end this uh, podcast with that because I really want you to understand that you are so much more than just how you physically look, what you weigh on the scale, and whether or not you're a size zero or a size 10. None of those things truly matter because what you should focus on is how much light you emit as a human. What energy do you bring to your life, to other lives, and all the different things that you are working towards to fulfill that life that you truly desire. And that is what matters the most versus how do you look and how do you weigh. I just hope that that resonates with a lot of you or at least some of that is important for you to hear um, because it's not it's not something we talk about a lot and I wish we talked about it a lot more, but it's really important to understand that sometimes your body changing isn't going to be bad. It's just a new chapter and new chapters should be exciting and new chapters are a place for curiosity and exploring what is to come and what can be made in the next day, next year, etc. It shouldn't be, oh my gosh, I'm getting fatter. I need to hyper-focus on my weight even more. And blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff really needs to be like, it can stay in your mind, but don't put it at the forefront. Like, And don't even put it at second second front? Is that even the term? I don't know what they call it. But regardless, it shouldn't be what you focus on day in and day out because you have a lot more important things to focus your attention on and just like buy the clothes that you feel good in. Don't buy the clothes that you want to fit in or avoid buying clothes because you're not there yet or whatever. Buy the clothes that you fit in and that feels good. You know, you could always sell it again, donate it, hold on to it, whatever you want to do. It's not really that big of a waste of money. I hear that a lot. And so that's just a random tangent. Buy what you feel good in so that you can feel the best possible, regardless of where you are physically. Because right now, you are just as important as you are going to be in the future. All right, so I'm going to leave you with all of this right now. And I hope that That was kind of the pep talk you might have needed to kind of release some of those feelings towards your body and um, towards other people's bodies and comments you might make or comments people make to you and just kind of like brush them off. Let them flow by. It's whatever. You are your own writer of your story and you get to master what you focus on, where your mindset is at and all of that. So I'm going to leave you all with that. I love you all very much and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it was helpful. Please share it and please follow at Coach by Kales if you want to connect more or at Rebel Wellness Podcast specifically so you can join our community here. And I share lots of little um, quotes and videos and other kind of tips and tricks related to these podcast episodes. So it's a great place to connect as a community. But as always, I hope you kind of stand in your strength and walk with confidence. And I will catch you on another episode next Sunday of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Rebel Wellness. If you loved what you heard and you are ready to take your wellness journey to the next level, follow me on Instagram at Coach by Kales for daily nuggets of health and fitness wisdom. 
We release new episodes weekly on Sundays, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an update. As always, lean into your strength, walk with confidence, and celebrate your nourishment. We'll catch you next Sunday on Rebel Wellness.